2: Hello and welcome to Water Loaded Cobblers, Cobblers Catch Up, a handy summary of the week's news at Sixfields. I'm Tom Reading and tonight I'm joined by Wallet Regulars Martin Maloney, Brendan Walsh, and James Avril. How are you doing, guys? You okay? Yeah,
1: mate.
3: Very good, very good. Not a bad week to be a cobbler.
2: Good stuff. Now, Martin, you've been telling me that you've been frequenting, you know, your Eastern District pubs, the Deer's Leap, before recording. How's the Deer's Leap going? It must be one of the few Eastern District pubs going,
3: now. Uh, I think it's one of the few going continuously. Um, you know, obviously you've got a, a chequered history, as anyone who'd have um, been around since the 80s would know. But yeah, they, they seem to do a decent job down there. Not quite my local, but um, on the Tuesdays and Wednesdays when our place is shut, um, if I knock off work early, there's a place to go and read through your Guardian politics live blog, which is, of course, the most um, metrosexual and um, <laughs> liberal Whoa. thing I can say. <laughs> yeah, that's the... I've got to invent a word for us yeah. The most woke thing to do, you know, middle class lad drinking drink in a rough pub. I don't want to. Uh, uh, uh.
2: Drop names, but I was speaking to a uh, slow Tide, uh, the Northampton rapper, about the fact that Tanners has closed down in Falklands, one of the uh, famous estate pubs in Eastern District, and he was very upset that it's been replaced essentially by flats, and he was like, "This is this is not progress." But yeah, let's try and not make this into a, a podcast. That Eastern <laughs> pub. We can do that, everyone. It's
3: very I, 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 don't, I'm, I do in, down down the to one on a um, on a Friday night. One of my former football teammates, um, a guy called Ian Black, a very good footballer, used yeah. to run the Tanners for a good number of years.
2: Yeah. It was a good pub to be fair. And you to have a lot of good football teams as well, so fair play. Um, let's get back to the cobblers, slightly one level above the Tanners FC. Um, it wasn't a classic on Tuesday, Martin, but Cobblers and a hard fought one 0 win over Newport via Fraser Horseville tapping in the end. Um, what'd you make of it, Martin? If you're true promotion contenders, you need to win those games, don't you think?
3: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. You're up, you're up against um, you know, Newport, uh going for it and you know, a good side. Um it was I, I thought it was a great game. I think see so 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 many flat games on a on a Tuesday night. You know, I mean Barrow did a number on us a, a week ago, but Newport went for it from the off. We went for it from the off and the game went up and down in, in in kind of tempo. But it was great seeing two sides go for it. Their fans have been good. There were quite a few of them in cars before the game and they were in good voice. Loved every second of it. If we'd have been talking about one nil defeat, having played like that, I think I'd have been saying, let's knock it down. You know, let's let's not worry. Coming out of it a one nil victory, you know, let's not necessarily get excited, but boy, oh boy, that's a a big three points.
2: Yeah, a huge three points. And Cobblers fans' emotions are up and down at the best of times, but after the Barrow performance and and result you know felt slightly like a bit of the wind out of the sails and then you know to show that sort of reaction is is promising essentially isn't it um brendan you like to sort of have a look at the ebbs and flows of games like that do you think that um cobblers were good value in the end and do you reckon that gives us a bit of you know belief now that promotion is realistic
1: yeah i hope so i think it's been I saw that that was our seventh 1 0 win of the season, but it didn't feel like the same as any of the other ones, to be honest. And I think anyone who was there would attest to the fact that it could have been a lot more. Um, Roberts was probably man of the match for two pretty good saves in the first half and one amazing save in, in the second half. But their keeper made some saves. We created more from open play and from set pieces as well that, than we have in past weeks probably than we did against, but definitely than we did against Barrow, um, you know, Newport are a good side. I think it shows, it, it's shown me that we probably have a more problem breaking down low blocks than we do playing against the better teams. And, and the space that we were afforded by Newport going for it allowed us to create a little bit more. So you know, like Martin said, it was, it was a good game. It was, um, I felt the atmosphere was, was better than it was against Barrow as well. It helped by having a better away end to bounce off and just the football on show was it was it was end to end at points and there was a good tempo and yeah when you have those games and you do end up on the one nil side of it you come away from it feeling probably a lot better than most wins just because it was so even and and so well contested um but again like you said I think you know if you want promotion you need those games are the ones you have to come out of one nil rather and I think the teams that tend to come out lose one there will be the teams that will be you know fighting for a payoff spot or just outside it so i hope that that's um you know we've done it a couple of times this season I it's not like now i believe in promotion because we won last night we've shown we can do that quite a few times but yeah. it was it was important to do it after barrow and I, I think also it was important to do it with a couple of really good chances that, that you know yeah they haven't gone in but we showed that that could have been two or three nil to us. You know, it, it could really be a, of any score. It wasn't one of them. Where you're like God. There was only. I was. We were lucky to be one nil. It was. Uh, it was a good performance. So, yeah, happy today. Big smile.
2: I'm going to sort of bring you down again, uh, Brendan. Well, I can do <laughs> on this podcast, um, what about the referee? You weren't best pleased, were you?
1: Oh mate, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what I mean though. That those games where you grind that out and you win that in spite of the referee. To be fair, I thought in the second half it was crap for both sides. In the first <laughs> half, in the first half, like it was up there with we've seen breakspear and everybody knows about Trevor Kettle and everything. It was laughable in the first half. There was, a I mean, it was far away from me, but it, it looked a, a penalty to me. It's not on the on the official replay. It, it looked Stonewall penalty. There was a couple of fouls um, where he's not not only he's not given a yellow card, he's not even given it for a foul. And the, again, I think that helped with the atmosphere because it was so blatant and so egregious that the fans would get. I'm, I normally sit there on a Tuesday. I'm not drinking or anything, so I'm normally pretty quiet myself. And I was up in arms, like spitting rage at this referee. I was so angry. And then the second half, he he, he had a few clangers as well, but albeit for both sides. And then even when Horswell bundled it over the line at the end, I went up cheering because I was right behind it in the north stand. So I seen it was over by a good yard, nothing like the Forest Green one the other week. And the, and the ref didn't point back and he was looking round but our fans, our, our players started celebrating and their players looked so like, oh God, that's a goal. That in the end, he just turned around and jogged off. Or well, maybe the liner said in his ear or something, but he didn't even want to give that. So, again, you know, it's one of those, it's so happy to come out on the right side of those because it, it's an absolute gut punch if you don't, you know, a, a poor you've record, made a tight
3: game like that. You've made a great, a great point there, Brendan. I think I saw something on um one of our threads on say. The ref's poor decision making. First, I, I am the most defensive person of referees. I'm like, you know, generally, you know, referees are pretty pretty damn good at what they do, and they're less biased than most of us in the stands. But he had a stinker, and all his bad decisions pretty much went one way. And I was effing and jeffing from the back the back row down um, down towards the north stand in the west where I sit, or, or stand obviously, um, and it was like that was probably what got a bit of atmosphere going you know i mean we, we all, we'd always aspire to 1998 98 bristol rovers at home yeah. but it was like that got people fired up his bad decision making and um it was it got it fruity um and we and we probably needed it because maybe without him making those bad decisions it would have petered out a bit and we'd have lost that 1-2 nil yeah
2: Sometimes that can happen, doesn't it? Sometimes that you just need um, a little bit of stimulus for the crowd to get them going, and then you start to build up a little bit of a head of steam, and obviously it paid off towards the end. Um, James, first of all, tell me, tell us about stag do watch. How many stag Do's are you down? How many have you got left? You've got your got oh. plan this year, haven't you?
4: Oh, I'm only, I've only done the one, which was Leeds a couple of uh, weeks ago, which is why I missed the Salford game. Any um, good? A typical, yeah. 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 I, I was, I won at pub golf. So that, that's, that's not a bad showing, not a bad showing on the Otley run. And then, yeah, i got about four uh, stag dudes and about five weddings. This is what happens when you turn 30. Um, <laughs> just everyone. And obviously yeah, we've had two years off. So everyone's getting married this year, apart from me. <laughs> but so if always the, you always the bridesmaid, never the bride.
2: <laughs> if anyone sees you at a Cobbler's game and, um, James is actually essentially hanging. It's because he's just still <laughs> recovering from one of his various stag things. Uh, luckily, the Cobblers were a bit more sprightly against Newport. What a lovely little segue there, James. Um, do you uh, Were you impressed by it? And do you, do you think that we can start to believe now?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm very confident we'll make the top seven, just purely because of how organised we are and how few goals we concede. I think if you're organised in League Two you're very likely to make the top 7 uh, nothing has ever really changed on that front and yes. the fact that we're at, we're on 13 clean sheets now i think so we're only 10 off uh, leveling the lee harper record from um uh the league 2 promotion year under colin coldwood so mr coldwood clearly knows how to grind out a, a clean uh, sheet in in this division and yes. just the fact you know the the scoring record is not great actually but we concede so few in that we only have to put one set piece in and we have a good chance of getting three points, which is pretty much what we did uh, against Walsall. You know, other than that, you know, other than the APRA goal, we created virtually nothing apart from one uh, kind of piece of play where we had three chances in, in one go. And that and the keeper kind of made a triple save. Similarly, we didn't create a huge amount um, on the ball uh you know, last night we had the, the Koiki chance on on the goal line, which he should have put in, and then a kind of put a one on one over. But other than that, you know, not not too many clear cut chances. But at the moment, it doesn't matter because opposition teams can't break us down. Yeah. And if they do, we've got a man in goal in Liam Roberts. My God, how often did we talk about the goalkeeper last year? You know, you you don't want to keep going on and bless Jonathan Mitchell. But the step up in quality in terms of the goalkeeping option, you know, in the, in the last, for, for, for this season, it's just chalk and cheese. And I maintain last year, if we, if we'd had a, you know, a good goalkeeper, if we'd had Liam Roberts last year, we'd have stayed in League One. I'm utterly convinced. Um, James,
3: James, I think we're having the same amount of conversations about goalkeepers. They're just different conversations. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I guess, the, the, you know, when you've got the, just that solid, back back line. It just provides so much strength for the team and it does give you that luxury of maybe nicking a win when you, when you need to and it is very um, you know, reminiscent of Calderwood sides of days gone by and that promotion that year and he's obviously having a hell of a lot of influence there. Um, if only we could get someone like uh, Trevor Morley back to have a bit more influence on uh, the scoring side uh, from open play but you, know, you can't have everything. Um, let's go to you... Uh, Martin on, on Man of the Match, because James has mentioned um, Roberts the goalie, and he's obviously going to feature very highly on uh, any Man of the Match sort of uh, summary. Would you give it to him, um, Martin, or someone else?
3: Um, oh, <laughs> it was a really tough decision. I mean, we we talked about this um, t- toward the end, and it was like, yeah, Roberts absolutely couldn't argue with that, but yeah. would you have argued with either a centre-back, uh, any three, any of the three centre-backs. I thought Malwa Maglore. I think we're now going with the pronunciation. Um, no, we're very middle class, he, We're going to go with Malwa Martin. I think Malwa, Malwa. Definitely Malwa for me. Um, well, he's probably got some agency in this. Um, <laughs> any, of, any of the three centre-halves. Both the wing-backs. I mean, Koiki was out of this world. Hoskins in a position he's he's played before, but he's unfamiliar with. I thought he was a threat all night, and, and his defensive work was really, really good. Um, in midfield, I thought Paul Lewis, who we've given a really hard time to recently because he has been a bit crap since the Tete left. He's been, he's been good. And a pair eight up front. Yeah, there, there, there was very few people. You know, and I've not even mentioned McWilliams, who is always a seven-half, eight out of ten. <laughs> it genuinely was one of them games. You could have given it to anybody. No argument for me. That you'd have have given it to to Roberts who was was brilliant and and they did put more in the goal than teams done recently but was it one goal conceded in four or five games now? It's proper good.
2: Sounds about right. So if we pin you down are you going to go for Roberts
3: Martin? (sighs) I don't like to go with the obvious but you, you, you can't argue with it can you? He had a wobble a week ago. And he has come back brilliantly, so yeah.
2: Fair play. Now, um, Brendan, I think you had a few people that caught your eye, really. But who would you put it down to? Uh,
1: I think just because I think the other than Horsefall tapping it in at the back post, I think the most pivotal point in the match was when um, they caught McGraw a little bit high on um, on second phase of a long throw. And that's what got their one-on-one just about five, ten minutes before our goal. And uh, Roberts made an amazing save on that. It, it looks so easy. He just, you know, stands up to it and stays big. But we've seen a massive trend in the last five, ten years of just lifting it over a goalie when he goes down too early. And he did not and it was strong. And yeah, so just because of that pivotal moment, I think, which allowed us to then obviously stay in the game and go and get the goal, I would give it to Roberts. But I thought Koiki was just a Cadillac all night, just like looked untouchable on the ball. Um, cleaned up mopped up so well look 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 quicker than McGlory even though you know he's not he, ju- he just looked he looked like he was playing against boys most of the night do you know what I mean I I, I mm. so wanted him to I think it was Pinnock got one to the back stick and, and that was the biggest chance really other than the goal maybe um, Epi is one-on-one at the end but uh, that that was the best chance and I so wanted him to get the goal I don't think he scored for us yet and I just it, it would have capped off The thing is, he does that every week. It's just in those games last night when they probably had a bit more of the ball, um, and they were they were asking him questions. He had an answer every time. He just he just looks head and shoulders above everyone else on a pitch, and that's hard to do from left back, especially in League Two, League One, where we haven't got like, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold's and Robertson's who basically play winger. He he still manages to do that in this league. So I'd give it to Roberts for the moment, but that's only because you know Koiki does this every week now. So it's kind of like. Um, it, we're holding him to our higher standard, I think.
2: Yeah, I think that Cadillac, you know, idea is really nice actually. Yeah, he's a bit of, um, yeah, he's got an engine on him, hasn't he? And he's, um, we we'll talk about him in a little bit for uh, Koiki. He's a hell of a player, um, and it's always nice to have a goalie that's just steady. We've had so many. I've, I think we've mentioned poor Jonathan Mitchell, poor, you know, Chris Dunn going back in time, poor, so-and-so. just sort of quite liable for certain things, but this guy just seems quite solid, so I'm not going to complain about that. Um James, for you, man of the match.
4: It it's always, it's a good sign after a win when you're struggling to think of one. I think any of the names mentioned you can go with. I'm normally scathing of uh of uh, like player sponsors just giving it to the guy who scored, but I think you can argue that any of the defenders could have got it, but Horsefall has also won us the game. So I think just just getting the goal just puts him slightly over the edge for me, but um yeah. so I'd go horseful, but honestly, any of the names mentioned, all worthy winners. Uh it was just a real good team performance, which I think is the main thing and has been quite the mainstay throughout this you know, throughout this season. There's been a lot of players who are consistently, as Martin said, seven or eight out of tens. Sure. Um so just horseful, but any anyone could have got it really.
2: Yeah, I think when a player Scores it does add that extra little half mark to differentiate them from the rest. So, um, I was I was glad it
4: was Guthrie though, because for the first time ever, I bet on uh John Guthrie to outscore the opposition. Um, uh, (laughs) I thought he was going to do it, but uh, he didn't quite manage it. Fraser Horsfall did though,
2: he will he will score in the next few games, he always does, really. It just seemed like an all round, not a, a complete performance by any means, but just the. What Cobblers will do, and we're going to get on to the scoring in a minute from open play, they just work playing for the shirt, that old cliche, working hard. There's no really egos there. We'll come on to that in a minute of another play, maybe. It just seems that uh, Brady has recruited to a type and they just seem like you know a good side. You can't really fight them too much. So, Just one of those performances. I have a quick mention of uh, the poll we did on Wallach Twitter, Northampton Town other match for Newport. Four options were Perret, per- Apparel Spritz, uh, Horsefall, Roberts and Pinnock, and quite a landslide, really. Roberts won 76.3%, so goes along with a lot of what you're saying. I guess it's um, the opposite end of the pitch to what we're going to talk about now, which is, and, and that's not put a down on anything, because the the league table speaks for itself, that old cliche. You know, you can't really argue with the league table, but the lack of open goals, uh sorry, open goals, uh, goals from open play in the last five games, you know, it could be seen as a, a slight down on with the last games we've we've got to play. Um, no goal from open play in the last five games, and uh, according to who scored statistical site, um, we've got the lowest goals in open play in the division. Now I've seen other stats, but they're that, usually pretty good. E- even if they're not with the lowest, we're we're pretty low. Now, Martin, you're often quite optimistic, a bit like Brendan, but. Does that worry you? You've seen a lot of promotions, a lot of sides. Does it worry you the lack of goals from open play or are you
3: just like, you know, goals to goal, does it matter? I'd say it, it's kind of a three out of ten worry. If, yeah. if you ever become one-dimensional, you always have to worry that something will, something will go wrong. Equally, if you become very, very effective at something, that's not something to be shied away from. I do think that they were massively lacking um, in one area. Um, which was centre forward. Um, I think that you know you get some very good wingers. You know some who performed, some who didn't. Uh, we we were probably lot more, more likely to win free kicks and we were to um, put a cross in the box and get on the end of it. And I just think, Apare, having watched his two appearances, we're a different side. You know, we we we've all we've been strong at the but you make errors, but we're strong at the back, the midfield you worry about as soon as someone's suspended or injured, I'm kind of hoping there's like a Paul Anderson or type trading with them, they can sign on non-contracted next week or two. But we just didn't have a centre forward after, Itete, you know, Etete took a while to warm up, then he was good. We lost him and it was like, oh, you know, we're a, a bit missing here. A perret for me, he's the game changer. I think we look, you know, more likely to, um, you know, in different ways, you know, to hold the ball up and bring people in when they're running running on beyond him. Yeah, uh, for him to take the ball down, be able to spin, and then be running at people. I just think that that's you know I have no idea what we paid for him. I guess it's a decent amount of money, a six-figure fee. But that's um, that's a decent bit of business, and that's a footballer who, for me, plugged our biggest hole. And I think that proportion of goals and set pieces to goals and open play will change. Equally, if he just gets fouled a lot and we still score for set pieces, no bother.
2: Mm, yeah, that seems a reasonable summary of the goal-scoring situation. Brendan, um, I guess what Aparre is doing, he's a bit like Danny Rose, but actually doing the Danny Rose job of, of old, when Danny Rose used to do, maybe a little bit of an upgrade on Danny Rose. Um, is the lack of goals from open play concerning you or are you just, like, just going away with the flow?
1: Um, Not really. I think um, I I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on on here when when, because we were the top of the goal scoring charts in terms of set pieces last year in League One and we went down. But it felt like Curl was playing percentages with that. So we played for set pieces and then got the ball in the box. Whereas I feel like our play at the moment, I feel like set pieces and and the effectiveness of them is more of a by-product of what we do and Mm -hmm. the personnel we have on the pitch. Um, It's not... Yeah, we can be organised and be good from set pieces, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the quality of Pinnock and two of the best centre backs in the in the league, who always outhead people in Guthrie and Horstfull, it doesn't work. You know, so it it doesn't really matter where they come from. I'd like more from open play, but it's, I don't think we need to change anything really in approach. And excuse me, sorry. Last night was a was a good example because I do think we created more. Obviously, Epia had that that one-on-one. Koifki uh, got one over. Appare the ball just bobbled, and he busted one over. That there's three or four good chances there. Our, our XG, if people give give a toss about that at the moment, I, I always think it's such an odd stat anyway. But it was higher than it's been in the last couple of weeks. And it's it just so happened that the way we got the goal was from from a set piece. But we won that corner off of being attacking and getting in the right areas and asking questions before that. So. It, it's just sorry, my dog's barking in the in the background as well now. But it yeah, I just think it's one of those. I, I'm really, I, I I know Man United fans that get all over Twitter because they had that stat that they had like 500 uh, set pieces without a goal, and they're like, how is that possible? Do you know what I mean? And we've said a million times in this podcast, it, there's so many people that think it's always green on the other side. Most notably, Northampton fans. You know, we're sat third in the table with one of the best defenses in in England, and they're like, oh yeah, but all our goals are set pieces. Like. I can, I couldn't care less. <laughs> like I don't really care where they come from. They're yeah. going in. Um, I'd like I, you know, I looked at Newport last night. They had the uh, I think it's the top goal scorer, second top goal scorer in the league. Telford, twenty goals, kept him quiet the whole game. And what if once you know you did that, yeah, he had his chance saved against Roberts. But we, as long as we we still threaten and still get in the right areas, whether we're playing a a lower down team in a low block or a decent team like Newport, set pieces or a little bit like like uh, having a pacing player on the pitch. They're nature's balancer. Anyone can get a goal from a set piece, any team, any time, and and we're especially good at it. So I, I like having that up our up our sleeve. I don't think it. I don't think we're like Cole where we play for it and we're one dimensional. I just think mm-hmm. it's a byproduct of what we do. So that's what I think. That's why I don't worry about it. Last year I was, I was really worried because I was like, why you know you never want to feel like your main aim in a game is. Launch as much as you can early into a final third, and if someone gets pushed over or somehow bounces out for a corner, then we're in business. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like that; it feels more methodical and approached. Yep. And when we do get those opportunities, we make the most of them, which is a mm. completely different way of looking at it.
2: Yeah, I think you're right about Keith carl We mentioned it before that the stats on face value don't seem hugely different to Carl's side, but the feel of everything feels a lot different. And I think you're right about, we used to call it curveball, didn't we? It was like a um, chaos theory. It was like, just cause chaos and, you know, the knockdowns and, you know, try and try and score that way. Where I think we're a bit more um, composed under, especially with Colin Calderwood's influence. I think that um, that, record or whatever you want to call it of open goals will suddenly go one game you know we'll we'll score two or three mcwilliams will score a 20 yard or something like that and then it will be that will be gone i think epia i still i still quite rate him and i think he will score um just needs a couple more games but i'm not hugely worried about it but at the same time um i it's think, just, just a i thing. think
1: it's worth saying if we're obviously we've got i think second or third best defense in the league
2: there mm. are not
1: many teams like not every team can do it where you just go right we're gonna we're going to go more attacking and score more goals and then yeah. be able to do what we're doing defensively you look at tramney who have a better defense than us they scored even less than us and it, there is a balance mm. you have to find with it and and you know rochdale who came down with us in league one last year they were winning every game that they won five four and losing most games three two and whatever yeah i would rather scrape out our one nils and do that than. there's so many people that say it's about bombs off seats and entertainment but at the end of the day, I I want to see Northampton do well and the sustainable in a higher league. So as long as we get three points, I don't really care how we do it. And it's easier on my my bag of nerves if we just grind games out one nil. It really doesn't bother me. Uh, if, if we, if we, if, we have, if we I don't want to sacrifice what we're doing or I don't want to you know potentially rock the boat in because people don't like the style of goal that we're scoring. We we can all agree that it's very very different to curl. And I go back to the point like when I went for a pint with uh, John Geroy Tall when we got Curl in and Curl's first meeting with the players he said I want 50% of our goals to be from um, set piece or second and third phase from a set piece it was, a, it was a, a style of play and an aim of the manager to basically half the goals we want to see. and I I, I, look, I haven't been there in any of the meetings with Brady but I don't think anyone would say it feels like, a bit like that and, and no. no one's heard en- anything to the contrary do you know what I mean it, that's what I mean like they're just happening as as a result of what of the good things that we're doing and I don't <laughs> really care. Uh,
2: I can imagine um, John Jarrow O'Toole sort of like saying gaffer gaffer I've, I've, do you remember that free kick I scored against uh, we scored against Luton under um, Wilder and Keith Carroll like turn his nose up no sir we'll get it in the box don't worry about that. <laughs> um, James let's bring you in um, regarding the you know the it's not a drought at all but just uh, a few goals scored from open plays. That bothering you, or are you a bit like Brendan and my well, about it.
4: I think Brendan's hit the nail on the head. I can't offer much more. I was tr- I was trying to think last night actually uh, in the on the face of it, the statistics aren't too you know. We were a set piece team under under Keith, and we score we're scoring from a lot of set pieces now, and a bit bit like you know Brendan said. I couldn't quite picture. I couldn't really work out why I wasn't enjoying it under Curl, but I was, but I am now. Yeah. And I, I think I think Brendan's hit it on the head. It, it was just a primary aim that it felt like that was the only way we were going to score. At the moment, we look like we can score. But for whatever reason, it it, it is just coming through set pieces at the moment. Um, I think it's also worth considering that, you know, I think we were becoming a bit more fluent with a Tete. It took a while to get going um, with a Tete, didn't it? And we changed to four two three one. And I felt like it was building and we were getting more fluent by the game. And then obviously the Atete injury happened and we've not really been able to kind of get back to the level I thought in terms of performance wise, where we were kind of when he, just before he got injured, where I thought we were playing well and winning. Yeah. Um, I think we've also got to bear in mind that we've changed formation in the last, you know, a couple of games mm. and it looks for whatever reason that, that, 352 is now the, the 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 favored formation and I concur that I've been super impressed with Louis Aparey however you pronounce it in the last two games he is going to be an absolute nuisance for defenders and he will he will create goals for himself I mean we saw there was a run down the right hand side there you know uh, last night where he he made a chance out of nothing and the the, the last ball wasn't just wasn't quite right we're getting, I've noticed, you know, we were getting in good positions last night. Um, and that's the positive thing. And I think, you know, we're still trying to build minutes into Kanu, into Apaya, who I also think looks like he could be a real handful. Which yeah. is at the moment, we're just building these players up, aren't we? Uh, Lubala, I think, is also showing glimpses that you know it could all start clicking attacking wise soon. Um, mm. so obviously it's brilliant that we've got the foundation of we're so difficult to score against that you know we only need one goal to score almost but there's just there's just signs there that you, you can see it slowly clicking together uh, yeah. and you can and you know if it if it works i think it, we could be a really kind of interesting team to watch and mm-hmm. yeah like i say you know I was struggling to think. Yeah, why am I? Why was I not enjoying it under curl? Why was I just kind of vacantly staring into the distance? And everyone else around me in the north stand was doing the same. <laughs> That's not the case now. And yeah, you, I, I think Brendan's hit the nail on the head in that respect. In, into how it's mm-hmm. how it is different from curl, even though the stats perhaps suggest that it's not.
2: That makes a lot of sense. I, I would hope though we haven't completely abandoned something like a four-two-three-one because there was a lot of talk before you know the season started about trying to get a style of play which we're going to try and stick to a bit of continuity and stuff and i think we've had a couple of injuries and then suddenly the wing backs becomes quite attractive so hopefully you know we're not abandoning that completely of course we need to be flexible as a as a a side you can never play the same taxes every week but yeah i'm not a massive fan of wing backs per se but we'll see how it goes um i'm going to wrap up in a little bit i'm just going to do a quick talk about the poll we did on wallach twitter again it was just talking about the lack of Goals for open play—does it bother you, or does it not bother you? Uh, one option was n- no, a goal is a goal, and the other one was yes, you need a mix. I yes, it is, it does bother you, and it was very close—50.8% to 49.2% said yes, you need a mix of goals, but a good 49.2% of Northampton fans, typical Northampton fans, can't make their minds <laughs> up. <laughs> said it doesn't really matter, so you know Brady's got. A lot of people inside just scoring goals how you can for the moment. Let's wrap up now, but we we'll gonna have a quick talk about um, Ali Kuriki. Um Myself and Brendan, we have a little chat before and we've all mentioned it to a certain extent about how good he's been. Brendan, what impresses you so much about him and do you think he could play a higher level, hopefully, for Northampton?
1: A hundred percent. I put him into the, the top bracket of players that we've seen over the last, I don't know, five, six years, the, the kind of KT era, um, it's he, he has those those hallmarks of a of a top-level player where, <clears throat> um, it, to to naked eye, you might not always notice it. When you watch him week in, week out, it's the speed of thought, the speed of movement, the touch. The things that we know are the actual, you know, week in, week out, what separates a League Two player from a League One, a Championship and a Premier League player. And I, I put him at, a, you know, good Championship pushing on Premier League. I really do. Like, you look at what Matt Crooks has gone and done. He gave me the same vibes and... Charlie Gould wasn't always um I, I I won't lie and say I thought uh, he was premier league quality right at the beginning and and obviously he's back on loan in the championship now but you definitely thought he had gears above league 2 um and I think Koiki can 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 do exactly the same if not better I really do he's yeah he's just he's in, such an athlete but not in the same way we saw out of another really good attacking fullback at Cobbers in um Kiyoso he's he's so much more agile um and I don't know balance. Like he, he never looks like he's going to fall over. Like he just looks unmovable. Um, and he's still only relatively young, and, and supposedly coming back from from a set of injuries at Bristol. So it's quite, it's you know, frightening to think what he might do in the future. Sadly, I, d- I don't think it'll be in an yet unless we're looking at back to back promotions. But who knows? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's very strong as well. He's we talk we'll talk about it in a little bit about certain players that might rival him in terms of left-back through Cobbler's pass, but there's very few I can remember as strong as him. Obviously, Bayo probably a bit stronger, but just mm. his strength and just that ability to travel with the ball is pretty good. Um, James, Kouriki impress you?
4: I mean, uh, when he played in the pre-season friendly, I thought, let's get this lad signed up immediately because he just looked a cut above everyone. <laughs> um, to, to the extent where, obviously, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to see your first-team players get injured. But I thought when Joseph Mills got injured, I wasn't actually too concerned because yep. I was so confident in how good this guy could be. I was a bit reluctant to make the comparison because they're very different players in different positions, but they give me the same kind of vibe. So I'll make the comparison nonetheless. I, I'm sure you guys remember Derek Asamoah. He had that, that mm. aura of when he got on the ball <laughs> that the crowd just lifted, didn't they? Yeah, didn't he? Yeah. And Koiki kind of has that impact as well. As soon as he gets on the ball, you can noticeably hear the noise levels around six fields get higher and, yeah. in anticipation a, of what he's going to do.
3: There's a certain and, sound. There isn't a word for isn't there that you hear in a crowd of the oh, yeah. what's going to happen next when it's one of your own team, and mm-hmm. you love that. Hulk, Ricky Holmes, V picked the ball up. Like, yeah. you know, there's almost like gulps or a slight silence. It, it's wonderful and Koiki brings that
1: I think it's it, like a, a you hear a, almost like a collective breath in like like something's going to happen do you know what I mean and and and, and that like we say it every week but bums off seats like you do you get you get a bit tense you get ready to stand up I remember there was one moment in the first half um and obviously playing playing on the left and the ball comes down and he was running back towards his own goal and the players started pressuring him in his back and you think 99% of of fullbacks and 100% of fullbacks in league two Turn out and clear that into row Z. but he took a touch like trusted his touch, composed himself, turned one way, and then when the defender bit on it, he turned back inside and then he didn't even pass with it. He then took a touch upfield and carried it on past him and but like m- me and Lewis we were watching it next to each other, we just looked at each other like that that's a it looks so if you're just going to sixers for the first time or you don't watch football every week or, or league two football every week you over you don't think about how Different class that is, and it's that's not the first time he does it. he does it a couple of times a game, but it was just so he did it a few times last night especially and I was just like it's a joy yeah. to watch and, and it's it's one of those like he's so good I don't even get that worried about him going because it's such a freak we have him he will leave at some point he he's, he's, it's not like some players and I'm like you know maybe we can hold on to him for longer and they've got a longer career here It's just one of those like I'll be happy to say we had him for that season I really do think he's that good um yeah. Maybe a bit someone
2: like um, Gabor Giepev, who just looks really like a class above and you're wondering what he's doing here. He's going to go at some point and, uh, you know, eventually moves on. But as long as he stays with us for a good period of time, I think that's the challenge for the club to try and trigger that contract extension. I don't know if they'll be able to, but just keep him, got him through the transfer window, try and keep him for as much as long as possible. If we've got to sell him, sell him for a really good fee, do something really good for the club. But um, just... A really a really good play i'm just gonna quickly before we wrap up read out some of the comments online about kareki we put that on twitter for people to comment and maybe compare him to some left backs from days gone by so um adam barbie tweeted us to say kareki definitely up there i can't really think of any of, the, of his skill set and ability going forward he's one of the core that we need to try and sign up on longer term deals asap I can't disagree with that one um, Lee Wade, Wadey Cobbler um, mentioned Daniel Jones when he was on loan yeah. to us and that's a nice little um, cute little reference there because he was for a time very good I think he was from Wolves
4: if I'm he was yeah. Uh, uh, attacking wise he was the best left back I'd ever seen for us I, I thought because Liam Davis was a bit inconsistent but yeah. Craig, he's definitely best attacking wise since then and he's better than than, Dave, uh, than Jones actually going forward I think
2: yeah, fair play. And Liam Davis, to be fair, really good servant for the club, and one of the God, I think he played Liverpool. I really liked him. But he, um, Lee Wade mentions him as well, so putting him with those two players is, um, you know, is it, good, good comparison. Um, Stav Viking, I can't say his entire um, Twitter handle because it's very long. Uh, he's mentioned <laughs> Danny Jackman, and for me, Danny Jackman is a benchmark for Cobblers left backs because for me, he was the best I think I've seen at six fields. With that free kick ability, he could ghost inside. He was good little player so Stav Viking mentions Danny Jackman um Lee Colkin. now that's a blast from the past from the 90s <laughs> nowhere near as good as um Koiki but yeah he was a good, good little player Mike Everett that's going back probably to the 70s 80s um and he said that Koiki could be as good as Jackman which is you know high praise I think um who else have we got quickly before we go? Ah, uh, oh, we got a guy called Dead Man on Lever, I think, is Martin Maloney. Um, he mentioned <laughs> Martin mentioned Phil Chard, my lord. Um, James Davies. I'd imagine that Phil Neal played their too for a period at least. Nobody close to Koki's level of performance to my
3: mind, though. He's sensational. Now, Martin, you sticking by that Koki's sensational? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's playing. At, well, I mean, obviously, if people talk about his potential to go higher. Um, I think he will. But he is putting in a level of performance, giving fans excitement. He's defensively sound. I've not seen anything like this. You know, I've been watching since eighty, right? About 84 first game, eighty six, eighty seven regularly. This is as good as it gets in that position. Brendan mentioned about that turn um, in the in when he's kind of facing his own goal, and I'm I'm just thinking, get rid, get rid, and he yeah. turns. Out, oh. You know, you got away with that, but it's not no, if you get away with it every week, you're not getting away with it. It's cause you're bloody good.
1: Yeah, you, I, you just don't see it in League. It's if you if you sit on your sofa and you watch Premier League football week in, week out and don't get out and watch lower league like that those little moments are differences and 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 it breaks up play and it brings in long throws to the opposite all these other things and puts pressure on your team so it's so easy to just go oh he just he's just pulled the ball out of the air and skinned the guy without looking at him and and then instantly we're on the counter back up the pitch you don't it yeah like it's so hard to stand out as much as he does from left back especially like it feels weird saying modern day fullbacks. um again like i think they've developed into these like robertsons and uh, Trent Alexander Arnold's that don't necessarily overlap, they underlap, and then look to put quality into a box. A little bit like Joey Mills, he's more of like a cultured left foot, um, and he'll whip a good delivery in. Koike's like like a Danny Alves, Marcelo. Like he'll overlap, he'll get to the byline, he'll take the player on, he'll dribble past you, and then he's also going to do the hard yards going backwards. And mm. uh, yeah, I, I'm glad Martins, you know, can go a little bit further back than than I can, because I always feel like you know when i say he's the best back i've seen at cobbles what does that mean that's you know really only regularly the last 5 6 years so i'm um, you know i he really I think he, would have re-
3: to he back really to is it. that he really is that good he really yeah. is that good but they, um, it's,
4: it's interesting actually though because we're talking about koiki you know going forward and that obviously is obviously his his strength but i think we'd be doing him a disservice to actually not point out how much he's improved defensively as well yeah because i remember at the start of the season uh, i remember a game away at salford where he was at, he was pretty much at fault for for the kind of, you know, their last minute equalizer in terms of he he was being targeted at the far post by kind of, you know, the bigger strikers because they knew he wouldn't track their man. Then there were a couple of occasions where that happened. Um, but you didn't really hold it against him because, like you say, he was superb going forward. But he's he's we're not he's not even being caught out defensively now as well. You know, his game, this is where you gotta give credit to to Brady and, and Calder in particular they improve players, you know, Um, we we had it before, you know, where we we would sign a player and that was the player we saw for, you know, for for a couple of years. Brady, uh, and you look at Ryan Watson, you know, improving massively last year, they improve players, they train players and they build them up on the training ground. And we're we're seeing that with Koiki as well, because defensively he is so much better than when he started as well. I'd say his only real weakness and and it's comparing him to
1: what I think the, the best of the fullback I've seen in the last five, six years, was probably Kyoso. Uh, but Kyoso was such a different fullback, defensively and attacking. Both very attacking, both very athletic. But Kyoso was like a battering ram. Like he was so good in the air and so strong, so hard to knock off the ball. Mm. Koiki's only weakness is if he gets trapped under the ball airily. It happened a little bit at Swindon, like you said. It I don't know if, it, if it's necessarily not tracking back. It's just it, there's always going to be players that are going to beat him in the air. But again, that's only really going to be exploited at this level. I think that's why we've not seen Kyoso really kick on at Luton and no one at a higher division's ever taken a punt on him because he looks class at these levels. But when you have to have a little bit more technique, you can't rely on your strength as much in, you know, the upper championship to Premier League. Players mm. like Kyoso are, are, are a dying breed. I, I think that's why I think, you know, Ky- uh, Koiki, his only weaknesses would only really be exploited at this level anyway. You know, I, I, that's why I think we're watching, like, It's like putting um, like a Rolls Royce engine in a Fiat 500. It feels weird. Like when really one of your most technically gifted players is is, is your left back, it doesn't quite fit, and he needs. I'd love to see him as part of like a properly good attacking championship or or higher side, and, and see what he's capable of because he has all the raw ability to do what he wants.
2: We've had a lot of car references tonight. We've had Rolls Royce. <laughs> Cadillac. He's, if he's any you know, mix between the two, we'll take it. We need to shoot off now. We've been talking for a little bit. Um, just before we close, I, I, I can't have Koiki as good as Danny Jackman until <laughs> Koiki plays in League One, learns how to do a free kick like Jackman. I, 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 I can't have him at that level, but potentially could be better. We'll, we'll see how he goes. And, sh- and, sh-
3: and shrinks by a foot as Danny Jackman is the smallest player I've ever seen in my life. <laughs>
2: he was, wasn't he? He was a bit of a smurf, wasn't he? But yeah, just uh, a very, very good left back. Um, Deborah Marshall, let her have the last word, as we should. Warlock Originator, um, she's tweeted us to say, didn't Chardy, Phil Chard play regular left back too? Koki would need to go some to catch him. And that is true in the history of the club. Um, and, and she says that Chardy would have buried that chance last night too, which is fair enough. But Kariqy, as with Jackman, could be better than all of them will. I guess time will tell. I'm going to shoot off now. Thanks for listening to Cobblers Catch-Up, Stroke, Eastern District, Pub Watch, Stroke, James Averill, <laughs> Stag Do Tales. We'll be back again next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers Tom. Guys. Cheers, everyone.
4: Thanks, everyone. Have a good evening. How
0: up?